Hello and welcome to Down with the Patriarchy. I'm Ben Richards. And I'm Elliot Jo. He's as white and male as they come. And she, well, she isn't. But together, we're hoping to uncover those classical composers we don't know so well. That's right. So, happy Monday, lovely listeners. Happy, happy Monday. Happy Valentine's Day to those of you who celebrate. And if you don't celebrate, happy normal Monday made worse by lots of people on your feed shoving Valentine's Day in your face. I wonder which side of the coin Ben is on. (laughs) As if Monday couldn't get any worse. Um, No, no. Happy happy Valentine's Day to all of those people who are happily in love and to all those people who aren't who are better off without it. So uh, happy Monday. (laughs) Positivity already. Positivity. Happy Galentine's. Happy Galentine's or whatever you want to celebrate or not. Have Have a lovely afternoon. Or if you're yeah. listening to it on a Thursday, happy Thursday, you know. Yeah, happy Thursday. And <laughs> more importantly, happy day of reading of special new book that you've all absolutely bought because it came out on the 10th day. Because someone's written a book and someone's book is out. Well, I say someone's book is out. It's not actually, in, in our world, <laughs> it's not actually out yet because we, we, are, we are time traveling from a week ago. So in your in your world, it's it's there and you can purchase it and you can have it now. But for us, well, for me, at least, I've got to pre-order it. Um, so, yeah. But congratulations to you all for Woo-hoo! buying Ellie's new book. So that's why we're here today uh, to it talk is. about the book. We are gathered here today to discuss the book. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Ellie is our is I suppose Ellie is my guest today on on this effectively solo outing of Down with the Patriarchy because I'm going to ask Ellie some questions, generic and otherwise, about her new book, uh, which I haven't read yet because obviously I haven't got a copy. Um, So I am just as interested as you, listener, to find out what it is that is in this book. So, Ellie, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown of what's the book called and what should we expect? Well... The book is called Iconic People of Colour. I'm holding it in, in my hands. It's about, I don't know, it's it's about as long as my hand-ish. So it's like a little pocket book, um, slightly smaller than my hand. Otherwise you'll think I've got freakishly small hands. So wow. it's, it's, it's a, a, small it's a book. pocket book. <laughs> in Ben's hands, it will look thumb-sized. And it's absolutely miniature and it's gorgeous. And it's colourful and it's bright. So it's called Iconic People of Colour. The amazing true stories behind inspirational people of colour. And it even says my name on the front. Elizabeth Ajo. How exciting. Um, (laughs) So if I just read you the blurb so you can kind of grasp a little bit about what it's about. Discover the fascinating stories behind 38 iconic people of colour. All of these people are groundbreakers, risk takers and game changers. Whether they're activists, athletes, scientists or superstars, every one of them has been a trailblazer in their field and deserves to have their achievements celebrated the world over. Be empowered and inspired by their extraordinary life stories, their awesome accomplishments and their words of wisdom in this pocketbook of remarkable people. Prepare to be introduced to your new superheroes. So that's the blurb. So if you were to pick it up, I hope that would make you want to buy it. It's effectively 38 profiles of amazing POC from all over the world, all different nationalities, ethnicities, 
and I've tried to include as many people from as many different fields as I can. So it's not all about musicians, which I'm sure to our very musicy oriented audience, that's a bit sad. But there's sports people, activists, authors, there are some architects, astronauts. Um, there was one point in a draft where I had four different astronauts and I thought, I think this is getting a bit out of hand. So I did have to cut my list of astronauts down. But yeah, so that's what it's about. And each profile is a name, some dates, uh, their superpowers, I say with kind of bunny ear, inverted commas. So that's like a little bite size bit about them. Then their incredible story, so their biography and some amazing facts and achievements. And then in some of them, there's a very inspirational quote to finish it off. An inspirational so, quote. Yeah. So how, so we, this, this is what the book's about. And I suppose really for, for listeners, you know, they might not necessarily know some of the stories beyond music. So they can dip in and out really. If there's 38 profiles, you can oh, sort of go in yeah. and uh, perhaps where you know. So people like, uh, well, tell us about some of the people that are in the book. Oh, yeah, of course. So if I turn right to the beginning, let me try and find. There is a contents page at the beginning, so you can see if there's anyone who interests you. If there isn't, then buy one anyway, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got people like Obama and AOC, um, who are amazing political people. We've then got, who else have we got? names that you might not know so well for example we've got i'm just thinking if i go through the list we've got sylvia rivera who is a massive massive woman right at spearheading the trans kind of movement and trans acceptance right way back when in the 60s mm. we've got people like maya angelou a ballerina the first ever prima ballerina who was native american called maria Tallchief. We've got Marcus Rashford, who's a household name, MLK, Mary Seacole. Then we've also got artists like Jean-Michel Basquiat, who's my favourite artist. We've got Malala Yousafzai, who's now living in my homeland of Birmingham, went to a school not far away from me at all. And we've got Laverne Cox, who is a trans woman who was who starred in Orange is the New Black. Mm. I'm not sure if you ever saw that, Ben, but she's... No, I didn't, actually. Fantastic. She's really, really amazing. Um, but we've got all the loads of people who you either will or won't know, and that sounds really stupid, but if you get to a page and you think, I've got no idea who the heck this is, I'm sure you'll turn over and think, oh, I know who that is. It's Frida Kahlo, or something like that. There's there's someone for everyone, no mm. matter what walk of life you're in. And from the perspective of somebody who, I don't want to say hates sport, because that's not fair, I respect sports people, and I the Olympics fascinate me, but I have issues with footballers. So, so many issues with footballers. But <laughs> honestly, writing about Marcus Rashford was just fascinating because it's a world I know nothing about. But finding out all this information about him that I and I've tried to make as accessible as possible to mm. literally anyone and to people like me who have no interest whatsoever in football. So hopefully even people who you don't really care to read anything about, you'll spend five minutes reading about them and be like oh that's pretty cool and then mm. have a lot more respect for them or do some more googling do some more research and ben shall i tell you something really quite sneaky and quite funny why not why not <laughs> what is it what's so sneaky and funny go on sneaky and funny i had to write a little collection of further reading for the back of the book 
Oh, yes. So I put books of notes. I've got a book about AOC, mm. one about Frida Kahlo, Maya Angelou, Roxanne Gay and RuPaul, and other media of note. I've put an episode of Blackish in. I've put some things about Lin-Manuel Miranda, MLK. And I even put one about Florence Price. Episode one, down with the Patriarchy podcast. <laughs> yes, the, the, the premiere of this podcast is now uh, an academic source. <laughs> well, not quite an academic source, but I mean, if this book gets uh, gets put into syllabuses and things, it could be technically construed as an academic source. Wouldn't that be so funny? We've had academics <laughs> on here, so... We have, and now I'm one of them. <laughs> now, Ellie Ajayo, Ellie famous, fam- famous, for, famous for really enjoying her degree, uh, is now uh, 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 an academic. Um, <laughs> if you can't detect the sarcasm in my voice there, this uh... I'll try not to take offence, but I'm sure that my lecturers probably would would agree with the sarcasm in your voice there ellie has <laughs> ellie has many talents including her academic ones but it in terms of the list of things that she enjoys it's well <laughs> slightly lower slightly lower than well this for example you know, I'm, or... I'm not sure that uni quite makes the list i love uni but just not the degree bit <laughs> yeah you know i think there are a lot there are lots of people out there who can probably empathize with that quite a lot so I feel like that's quite useful to hear. Um, I was speaking to my mum the other day she came to watch us at a concert in London in Shoreditch she is convinced that I've dropped out of uni again and just haven't told her (laughs) she's absolutely (laughs) convinced. In all fairness I'm not sure I could provide any evidence to to support you in the suggestion that you are still doing your degree. Um, I promise you're not helping Ben you're not helping. Mummy I promise I'm still doing my degree (laughs) I'm sure she, I, you did say to me the other day that you had a lecture that had been cancelled. That's that's the sum amount of of the degree I knew that you were doing, which is which was cancelled. Um, oh, so what about how? So uh, I think it's important for listeners to appreciate that when when as a friendship group Ellie announced that she was writing a book, we all sort of well well the response was but you're not an author. I think was the initial response, and then I think the other response was how how has this happened? Like how how has how has this happened? So tell us how this came about because I think for a long time I think I think skeptical was certainly the word, and I, and I have to say that I, you've proved us incredibly wrong because we we just didn't know how how someone who didn't really seem to have a foot in this world could become a published author so how how did that happen and i suppose i do come out with all sorts of things that you all just say okay ellie you do that well yeah there, there have been several there are as many career ventures as there are instagram accounts for ellie and so with every new one comes a new instagram account and and often we're like okay so we'll give this a week maybe two we'll humor her for a bit and then we'll move on to the to the next thing but actually in all fairness in recent times all the things you've done you've stuck to so you've actually just proved us all incredibly, incredibly wrong. Um, so <laughs> I can hear that. Hmm. It's almost um, like as if, hmm. I'm sure so, you can see my eyebrows. Yeah, I can. I can feel them <laughs> piercing into my head. Tell us how you got this book deal. How did it come about? How did that happen? Well, so I was on Facebook one day and received a message from James's mother. I'm sure you all know James is my boyfie. And his mum works in books. She's she she's 
got her own business in basically distributing books to shops all around the world. So, well, country and world. And one, so she's connected to lots of publishing houses. And she sent me a screenshot of about, about a year and a half ago, I reckon it was, of an Instagram account called Summersdale Publishers. And they'd put out a call for author or for people of colour who were interested in writing. And I have always been interested in writing. So I've always written for the uni magazine, Orbital. This year I am also deputy editor-in-chief. And there are, yeah, so I've, I've always done quite a lot of writing. I did a creative writing course in my second year of uni. I'm doing a course at Oxford over summer. So I've loved it. I used to write stories upon stories when I was a kid. And um, and I, I think they were always very gruesome tales of fairy tales and that kind of thing. Quite Roald Dahl-esque, I mm. tended to write. Um, but so so when Christine sent me this screenshot saying Summersdale are looking for writers, I thought, oh, this is interesting. So I sent an email to a wonderful, amazing shout out to Debbie, a woman called Debbie, uh, Debbie Chapman. She's absolutely fantastic. She's my editor and I adore her. And she said, oh, thank you very much for getting in touch. And this is the brief. And there I was, really not knowing what I was emailing about. I just knew that they were looking for aspiring authors of colour. I thought maybe it was work experience or I might be helping them make tea sometimes on a Sunday or something like that. Just getting into the world of publishing. But I had no idea what they actually wanted from me. And I so vividly remember being in Big Tesco at about 2am with James and we we were walking down one of those aisles that has like animal food and random tools and stuff and I got this email saying um this is the brief and I opened it and it said brief one uh was called the little book of black history I think Mm. and I remember reading it and thinking I know nothing about black history I know what I was taught in school and that's pretty much it um so I, I carried on reading that and I thought this is far too much for me. This does not look like something I have any authority to do whatsoever. And then she'd also attached another brief that said iconic people of colour at the top. And it said 38 profiles about people of colour. So I thought that looks much more like something I could do. I could definitely write a profile about someone who sounds famous and they'd tell me who it was. And bish, bash, bosh, one chapter, done. So it turned out it was 38 of those and I wasn't just going to be contributing to one of them. It was actually going to be my book with my name on the front. And when I realised that, I had to do a bit of evaluation. I had to think, right. So I'm in my second attempt at second year of university. I do a lot of stuff. I have my own little small, small business painting that's usually quite busy. And on top of that, I've got this core scholarship and I also work a couple of part-time. Do I have time to write a book? And all my housemates were like, no, no, Ellie, you don't have time to write a book. So Mm. obviously I sent Debbie back an email and said, hi, Debbie, I would love to write that book. I I would absolutely love to write a book called (laughs) Iconic People of Colour. Yeah, I'll, I'll get some sample material to you by the end of the week. So I had to write an introduction and a profile. So... I wrote a little introduction, which I won't bother reading to you, but it's very, very conversational and it's very me. Ben, you'll probably receive it and you'll be able to hear me reading it. Hmm. I mean, it starts with the words, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, 
I, I wrote this introduction and then I thought, right, they've given me a list of 15 people who they'd really like to be included in the book. People like Barack Obama, Kamala Harris they also wanted because this was right around Joe Biden time. And I think, who else was in it already? Nelson Mandela. You, really iconic people who we all know about. And I thought, loads of people are going to be sending them sample material about Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King. Let's do something a little bit different. So I submitted some sample material about Florence Price. So harking nice. back to episode one, I did a little, a little profile of Florence Price. And I mean... I think they liked it because they responded to me saying we love your conversational style we love your friendly tone we're just waiting to hear back from some final candidates and then we'll get back to you to let you know who who we're choosing and anyway about four days passed and I all I kept thinking is my mum is gonna kill me so I, I didn't tell her for ages because I just kept thinking she already thinks I'm gonna drop out of this degree she will not want me to write a book but I, I told her that I had been offered a book deal and she was so uber supportive and it just shows me that I'm just a bit stupid because she was so proud and so happy and so supportive but I think a bit like you guys she was thinking okay <laughs> okay whatever you say you say you're gonna write a book that sounds interesting you well it's a, it's a, sure. it's, a it's a schedule that would um that would surely make even uh, uh even Molly May blush really isn't it <laughs> Um, <laughs> like I think you've got 25 hours in your day. Uh, I would die to have 25 hours in a day, honestly. What and you'd fill it, you'd fill that hour with like three extra things that you. Oh yeah, and then that I don't have time for. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't know. When she Debbie wrote back to me and she said we would love you to write this book, I just, I was sitting in the kitchen. Uh, lovely but dingy little kitchen in our old house and i i think i just like slammed my hands on the table and i was like james i'm writing a book and he was like okay i'm gonna have to support you while you're writing this book because this is one of the stupidest ideas you've ever had but okay um and then it, the deadline was was it february last year and because of the pandemic, there were lockdowns and lockdowns and lockdowns that seemed never ending. They mm. said, we don't think it's fair to release this book with lockdowns and the pandemic because it won't get the traction it deserves. So we've pushed back your deadline to August. And I was a happy bean because that meant I had even more time to do it. And I could focus on uni and then finish writing the book over summer. And I submitted it in August. And now it's February the 7th, 2022. And my book is coming out in three days. And it's just kind of mad. And it's really interesting seeing how it works from the other perspective. So from the, it's interesting seeing how books work. Yeah. I think because I wrote it down in what's called a flat plan in Times New Roman font with the odd picture from Google Images kind of stuck in in places. And I had to keep so strictly to a page count. But it looks stupid because these pages were only half full. However, um, it's now been put into this stunning little pocketbook with this gorgeous font and some gorgeous illustrations by somebody who I don't know who illustrated this. Ben, I can't see it. I'm sure it says somebody. It's, I'm sure it says somewhere in there. We'll put um, it in the description of this pocketbook. Yeah, I definitely will it. because it, it's fantastic. It's gorgeous. 
and basically I I um I've written a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really cool and I'm I'm proud and it's it's really strange. I I didn't know how it would feel holding something in my hands that I actually wrote and it's being published in shops everywhere. Yeah. And then I <laughs> um I, I held it in my hands and I just I just stared at it for about five minutes and I was like, I did that. I did that. I really wrote that little book. And since I've actually written another one <laughs> Yes. Um, called Planet Friendly Hacks, which is much chiller and it's not anywhere near as kind of well, it's not necessarily as relevant to what we're talking about here today yeah, it's it's not as relevant to what we're talking about and also it's much it's just a much lighter read this is yeah. a this little book i've written here is such a light read because i try to make light of what are some actually really tricky conversations about race and about gatekeeping yeah. and all sorts mm. but planet friendly hacks is literally a book of about oops, 160 ideas for you to live a more planet friendly lifestyle so it's much it's it's much lighter to read um but yeah i don't know it's just mad <laughs> sorry it's, i'm babbling on i just no but it, it is mad it is mad because like i think that's i think part of there's two things partly i think we were concerned about how you know about you and having enough time to do all these things but i think also there was just a general kind of shock that somebody you know, people always talk about the publishing industry as being something really hard to get into. And I'm not saying that this wasn't hard for you. You know, you had to apply for it. You had to demonstrate that you were capable of doing it. But but I think it was just so remarkable to us to think, hang on, this has just happened for Ellie and she's, she's made this happen for herself. But how out of the blue it was, I think oh, that's what definitely. it was, you know? I think I I had a lot of issues with that, I think, especially to start with. Because, as you said, I know how difficult the publishing industry is to get into. And mm. I'd spent a lot of times in calls, like Zoom calls and careers talks that Holloway had put on, all about the publishing industry and how to get a book deal mm. and how to interact with people in the right way and a list of publishers who might consider accepting work by young writers. But realistically, the likelihood is that unless you've got a really good track record unless you're a really solid writer with 60 novels sitting behind you that you're, you've been trying to get published for years. It just seemed like it, it's not something that's going to happen mm. <laughs> because it's a really scary world. And especially from a music student, I didn't really know anything about it. So I felt so unqualified. Mm. And James, actually, he was quite funny. He said, now that I know you're the kind of person who writes these pocketbooks you see in shops i would never buy one again because you're not an expert <laughs> you know as much as i do and i was like that's such a good point i will never buy a little book of zodiac signs again because that's another one that i was offered <laughs> i was just thinking i know nothing about zodiac signs but then you didn't know anything you didn't necessarily know anything about barack obama but then you went and did went exactly. away and did your research and i did so much reading and i've so many different sources and the amount of fact checking I did. Donald Trump is coming nowhere near me. Trust me. So... <laughs> <laughs> well, this yeah. is the thing, isn't it? Like you've got to. It's all very well thinking, oh, I've got to write a chapter on Barack Obama. This should be easy. But actually, you know, it's really important to find. It's different to when you're writing a an academic paper because you've got to uh, do it at a certain level, but you've also got to make sure that those facts appear in several different places. 
so that you know that they and and if there's any sort of difference between interpretations of those quote-unquote facts you know particularly particularly a time like this where there will be lots of new sources that that contradict some of those things oh yeah i mean that the fact checking process was absolutely ruthless there i mean i came up with so many things that i'd written in the book that my publisher that because i've never met her i've never spoken to her on the phone we've communicated exclusively through word comments and emails and she would comment on my little um some line she'd highlight it on word and comment not sure where you found this i can't find anything about it on the internet can you provide me with two sources that say this happened and i and i was like yes definitely so then i would find those two sources but sometimes i would think where the hell did i get that from Mm. i have not plucked it out of thin air i've definitely read it somewhere but i had no idea where sometimes because i got carried away with writing and i just tap 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 and I would often have about 15 different websites open at once for for one, one how much was it? I think about 400 word profile. And I would, I would just think, I've got no idea where that came from. And then I'd find it. And then I'd find another source to back it up. And I'd be yeah. like, Debbie, look, it happened. It definitely happened. Look, I've got it here. I found it. It's there. <laughs> yeah, I promise. Um, and I'd send links and she said, okay, perfect. Thank you. But it it was, honestly, it's, as much work for her as it was for me and she's doing that with god knows how many other books so she was yeah. doing all the fact checking and saying are you sure and i was saying yeah maybe and, yeah because um, you've got the, they've got they've got to be so careful haven't they oh gosh yeah and i just kept thinking in my head oh my giddy aunt they're gonna get sued because something i write is gonna have not happened <laughs> and i just kept thinking i'm gonna be on the front page of the sun um stupid people magazine <laughs> Yeah, so that that was slightly crazy. Just everything I said, I just had to make sure it was solid. Hmm. I had to have so much evidence. So why why don't you give us a little? I say preview because obviously people kind of will have been able to purchase this book. So is there anything you want to share from the book? Can I? Can I? You absolutely so can. I could do somebody like Florence Price because I feel like they flit flit. They fit what we do on this podcast so so well but i feel like it would be kind of boring to do the same person we've already done yeah if you if so, you want to if you want to hear about florence price go go and go all the way to that back. podcast episode it's it down there says, at the bottom it even tells you to in print so you have to do it now yeah <laughs> you've got two two reasons yeah but how about i read you something about lin-manuel miranda well he is musical so he fits the bill I agree. Shall I? I think it should only take a couple of minutes for me to read the whole profile, so should I do that? Why don't you do that? Okay. So, Lynn Manuel Miranda, 16th of the 1st, 1980 to present. So it's nearly his birthday, actually. I'll have to tag him in this when it comes out. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. I'm sure he'll he'll share this, the pod. (laughs) So, um, Ben, how well do you know Hamilton? Do you know anything about Hamilton? Um, I, I know I know that it's about um, the well, sort of. I, th- I it's got rap in it, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it it's has. it's about it's about Alexander Hamilton, and it's about King George, and it's about the the revolution. 
in America. The, no, it's not the revolution. It's France. Oh God. You, I, no, no, yes. no, no. It, it was. It was no? the revolution. Yeah. Oh, it was the revolution. Okay, the, so that. Yeah. And and Fab. Lin Manuel Miranda, he he wrote it and he starred as Alexander Hamilton in the original run in America. Yes, he did, and in the yes. Disney movie too. And in his um, movie, and he he's done lots of things. He has. He's he's a really fantastic musical writer. And yep. the so Hamilton, just for a bit of context, opens with the lines. Okay, I'm going to swear, Ben. You have to allow it. Okay. Braced. How does a bastard orphan son of a whore and a Scotsman dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean? So that's that's kind of the vibe. That's the rhythm. That's all you need to know. So okay, cool. For my little bit, his superpowers. I wrote, how does a young New Yorker, son of two Puerto Ricans, grow up to be an actor and composer? But it's not Alexander Hamilton, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda. So I started it with that and I was so proud of it. And then Debbie said, this is really cute, but it's about 100 words too long. So can you cut it down? So I cut it down and that's what it, what it, what it is now. Right. So his incredible story. A true New Yorker, Lin-Manuel was born to Puerto Rican parents and grew up in the north of Manhattan, along with his older sister, Luce. His father was a Democratic Party consultant and his mother was a psychologist. The pair absolutely loved anything to do with music. They took little Lin-Manuel to see his first ever musical, Les Miserables, when he was seven, an experience that sparked his passion for musical theatre. It was during his college years that Lin-Manuel wrote his first draft of In the Heights. So during his college years, Ben, that's our age... The work that would later become his first Broadway musical. The show, which featured salsa music and freestyle rap, premiered at Wesleyan University in 1999. Just three years after that performance, it was picked up by director Thomas Cale. Lin-Manuel worked with John Buffalo Mailer to revise the music and text, and in 2008, In the Heights was a Broadway hit. It's since even been turned into a fabulous film. However, this man was not content with being nominated for just one Pulitzer Prize, a whopping 13 Tony Awards, winning four Tonys, and then a Grammy. Oh no. This entire time, well, since 2008, he'd also been working on a hip-hop musical named Hamilton, a play all about American founding father Alexander Hamilton. Being a particularly talented actor as well as a composer, he starred in the leading role. The rest of the cast were all ethnically diverse, something particularly important to him. The musical absolutely blew up on Broadway and suddenly, In the Heights had been overshadowed. Last time he was just nominated, but this time Lin-Manuel was awarded the Pulitzer Prize for Drama and won 11 Tony Awards. Won 11 Tony Awards. In addition to his countless musical accolades, Lin-Manuel is a very passionate activist. He met with President Obama to discuss settling Puerto Rico's government debt burden in 2016 and he was heavily involved in financially assisting Puerto Rico after it was hit by Hurricane Maria in 2017. Some of the proceeds raised from Hamilton are used to support Graham Wyndham, a not-for-profit adoption agency founded by Eliza Schuyler Hamilton in 1806 with the aim of helping the children who'd grown up in difficult environments. So Eliza Schuyler is one of the main characters in Hamilton and she set up a foundation for orphans, basically, and uh, proceeds from the show always go to that. He's always remembered his upbringing, though, and has tried to support the arts as much as he can. He donated $1 million to renovate the University of Puerto Rican Theatre in order for it to be used for a fundraising performance of Hamilton with himself in the starring role and also donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to help improve the Louis A. Ferre Performing Arts Centre. What will he come up with next? So, some amazing facts and achievements about him. 
Lin-Manuel's first musical was a 20-minute long school show featuring a dissected pig rising up for revenge that he'd cut up in biology class. And that's a quote from one of his classmates. During his wedding, he and his guests treated Lin-Manuel's wife, Vanessa, to an impromptu performance of To Life from Fiddler on the Roof. The YouTube video of the performance has 6 million views. He received a special Kennedy Center honor in 2018 for developing Hamilton, a musical that defies all genres. Heard of Disney's Moana? Well, he wrote the smash hit How Far I'll Go, for which he earned his first Oscar nomination and several of the film's other songs. And as if all that wasn't enough, Lin-Manuel has also written a book called Good Morning, Good Night, Little Pep Talks for Me and You, a collection of little quotes to get you through the day. What a man. So that's just one of the profiles. So um, it took me how many minutes to read that? And that was allowed. So if you're reading that in your head, you could probably bash out the whole book in a couple of days. And it's it's such an easy read. And hopefully you'll learn a fact or two. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That's great. That's amazing. I think um, that if that that is just a little snippet and it gives you such a wonderful overview of of their lives it's kind of a little bit like the podcast in written form in a way isn't it it is that's why i didn't really want to bother reading out florence price because yeah it's such a i wrote with such a conversational tone in the book that it's really just like listening to the podcast again yeah so yeah go out and buy it i mean <laughs> i'll let you into a little inside secret it doesn't help me financially because i was i was paid a flat rate but hmm. I just would so love people to buy it and to read it and review it. But only if you're going to leave nice reviews because <laughs> my ego can't handle that. I think I said this last week. You know, I called my creative writing tutor from second year um, last year, just before the book was supposed to be released, mm. but was postponed. And I said, Ben Markovitz, how the heck do you deal with people reviewing? Like, how, how, how are you supposed to deal with people reviewing your r- written work? And he was like, honestly, you just don't read it. <laughs> your your book's out there, your book's in the public sphere, you can't change it. So just don't read the reviews and just live in ignorant bliss. And yeah. it's the best advice I've ever had. Yeah, you yeah, I think that's that's such good advice in, in everything. I actually I think to you the story of this book and the story of, of all of that is, is, is I think quite inspirational. And in in, in in a weird way, we've got the perfect guest for being one of the hosts of this show because i think <laughs> there's a lot of to be said like there are opportunities out there you never know when they're going to come up and when they exactly. do just take them because ellie is ellie is very very good at taking every opportunity that comes her way and for those of you thinking that that is some kind of construct of any kind of privilege i I mean, obviously, we're we're very privileged that we're we've gone to university and that we've mm. we've lived you know comfortable lives. But you're not massively connected by nature into lots of different industries, and and yet these these opportunities have found their way, and you've and you've made the most of them. Oh, absolutely! I mean, there was a really stupid quote on the back of a piano at school that said if opportunity doesn't knock build a door and it's really Mm. stupid and it was written down really really sillily in like comic sans or something but it's honestly it's something that i now live by yeah because i've since written to the publishers and been like i would love to write more books for you so they're letting me write more books because i've proven that i can do it once 
Yeah. And in a weird way, it doesn't matter if you're qualified or not to do something. If you do it well, then they like that. <laughs> yeah. If you if you think that you can do something and you think that you can do it well, then find the find the outlet for that. I mean, it's it is a hard it's a hard industry to get into. Lots oh, of yeah. industries are hard to get into. But also, it's proof that you don't need a degree in creative writing or a degree in in journalism exactly. to be one. Uh, and and it's all about whether it, whether you can provide your voice to something like this. Exactly. Just send send emails. Send send find people's names. Names are so important. So send send random people emails who you think might be something to do with something you want to do. Yeah. And email them saying I'm interested in doing X Y Z. This is proof that I'm really good at it, and you should hire me to do it. And then they might give you a chance. And if they do, then you might come out of it with a book or with a hit single. You like, you know. You don't know. I mean, I I feel like it's an any it's a well, it's a jelly method, isn't it? Both you oh, and yeah. James have used it. I mean, I remember I remember seeing James doing a similar thing with his line of work, and I was like, "That's ridiculous. That's never going to work." And it did. <laughs> That's not to say that it always will. Oh, I, no, you know, you there's got to be so many times. There's got to be an element of luck thrown in there that someone's going to pick your email up and go, "Oh, yeah." Oh, uh, definitely. I, but I do yeah. think that it's something that it's a good bit of advice and a good bit of inspiration to think that these things can happen. Exactly. So just make them happen. And if they if opportunities don't present themselves, then make them for yourself. Forge and your own path. <laughs> exactly. And also do do things that you love, because I don't think that some the reason why working hard is difficult is because often it's because you're doing something, you're doing the wrong thing. Exactly. And whilst I know that these that this book and a lot of what Ellie does is hard work, I've never seen her say that she didn't want to do it, and that's oh, because no. she's enjoyed it. Exactly, and I, so. the, I'm very vocal about whether I like things or whether I hate things, and I, I may have put my degree slightly on the back burner, but I, that's but that's okay. It's that's okay, okay because I've got things that I absolutely flipping love doing, and as incredible as Royal Holloway is and as much as I love it and I really don't want to leave I'm a bit tired of the degree and everyone knows that but that's because I'm doing amazing other things and I just keep thinking do I have to go to lessons must I do this and so just do what you love and something amazing will come of it yeah and don't be afraid to to be that honest with yourself about things like like university degree it's not for everyone these things are not always definitely not um this feels like such a, a lovely wholesome valentine's day special <laughs> yeah, actually it's, it's about loving yourself about loving yourself and loving the work that you do exactly. and I, i've just decided that because this is coming out next week this will give me enough time to do the thing so viewers listeners one of the problems with this podcast is that i turn up when we record and we record and i post i publicize it on my personal twitter and ellie does everything else ellie edits <laughs> the podcasts ellie does does the drawing for the social media she puts it on the channel she shares it on our dedicated instagram page she does all of that and i do nothing so <laughs> by the time that this episode airs there will be a down with the patriarchy <laughs> newsletter <laughs> which i am tasked with doing um subject to uh subject to um ah 
which I'm tasked with doing subject to a template that we need to sort of work out. But Hint, basically, Ellie's made the template. So I'm not really doing all of this, but I, I'm going to be <laughs> managing it. So if you want to join our mailing list slash newsletter, it's free. Please get in touch with your email address and we will we will send it your way. Obviously, we will keep your details completely secure and safe and we will GDPR not share them. We will not share them with anybody that doesn't already have access to them. They won't leave but if, us. But if you want previews of upcoming episodes and a little bit of news about the world of music in the week, then sign up. Sign up. Yes. I've committed so on I've committed on air now, so there's nothing I you can have, do about it. So it's happening in the it's same happening. way that you're applying for open music. How exciting. No, I never I never publicly committed to that. You <laughs> publicly committed to that on my behalf. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the series, I might publicly commit to that on air. But at the moment, I'm going to... Uh, there's a bit more... Ellie's got a bit more wooing to do on that score. But there will be a newsletter and I will do my best to make it not awful. So And nothing you do could ever be awful. Well, that's not true. But, you know... Oh. Anyway, the anyway, important listen. thing is... Yes, buy Ellie's book. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> without hesitation. And then go on Goodreads and just write something nice about it. The links to, buy it. to all the Amazon Waterstones, everywhere that it is, will be in the links below wherever you're watching, listening to this. Yes. Go and buy it. It's like, I think it's like five quid, five, six yeah. quid. It's not it's, expensive. It's five. It's five ninety nine. Or and, it, and we're not, you know, like Ellie said, she's not making any money if you buy it, but buy it because, you know, exactly. It, if you like us and this and particularly Ellie, then then you can then what you can do is you can you can read it and you can imagine it being read in Ellie's voice. Which, you <laughs> you know. it, it's it's very you, you can hear me saying it. There are little bits that are like filet and queen and all sorts you know <laughs> give it a read and then yeah let me know if you like it even just send us a message on our instagram and yeah. let us know if you enjoyed it but yeah. i i think there's something to something for everyone to learn in reading it so yeah, yeah. cool thank Bad. you should we should we leave it there ben i think we should thank you guys for listening you're you're our best friends we love you thank yeah. you we will see you next week for actually we don't know yet so tune in for that yeah tune in because it'll be fantastic ben yeah. will tell you who it's going to be about in his latest newsletter i will and i don't even know yet how exciting <laughs> right thank you guys we will see you next week happy valentine's monday or not take care <laughs>